Welcome to the 1K Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Fleming, and this is a podcast all about showing you how to make money from home while you are raising kids and building your business. This is a show where we will talk about the mindset, the strategy, and the tactics on how you can begin to monetize your brilliance. Hey, 1K Moms. Today on the podcast, we have Becky Mollenkamp. She began her career as a journalist, working as a staff reporter for a daily newspaper and an editor for one of the country's largest magazines. She left the nine-to-five grind in 2005 to become a freelance writer and eventually shifted her focus to corporate writing. Today, she helps other freelancers with mindset and strategy so that they can own their authority and crush their goals. She has a large Facebook group called Own It, Crush It, and recently launched an exclusive membership community. Becky, I am so excited to have you today and sharing your expertise on that Facebook group. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to do this. Well, you know, start off by telling us a little bit more about you, and I would love to know kind of how that Facebook group started. Sure. So I started in journalism however many years ago. I graduated from college in 96, so it's been a long time, and uh, loved it. But then, I don't know, I had a child later in life, a couple of years ago, he's almost two, and it kind of shifted my mentality about what I wanted to be doing, and I just wasn't feeling as fulfilled as I would like to be um, from the writing work. And when I had my kid, I realized that I wanted to give more in some way in what I did. And I was maybe getting more in touch with all of my nurturing feelings. And so I started wanting to shift my business towards doing more mentoring and working with women business owners who hadn't been in business as long as I had and sort of help them pave the way, you know, uh, learn from all of the mistakes I've made and also from all of the things that I've done. Right. And so that was a couple of years ago and I've been slowly making that shift and almost fully shifted now into this new role, which is really great. And during that process, I was listening to a ton of podcasts. I love podcasts. Um, and the first Facebook group I discovered was being boss. So I listened to the being boss podcast and they mentioned this Facebook group. I had never heard of Facebook groups. This was actually probably, it was while I was pregnant, I think so it was like three years ago. And I was like, what are these Facebook group? What's this Facebook group thing? So I joined theirs, loved it. And then I was like, well, this one's great. There must be more. So I started joining a bunch of Facebook groups for women business owners. Cause I was really in this place of needing, wanting to pivot my business, struggling a bit with how I was going to do that. And so this kind of fell into my lap at the right time, all this amazing community and helping me um, meet other business owners and learn from them. And so I loved them right away and I'm a natural born leader. So I not, it didn't take long before I was like, boy, I would love to have my own Facebook group. Oh, yeah. But I didn't quite know what that would look like or why I would have one. I was in this place of kind of not sure what I was doing with my business, where I was going. So I was like, I'm not quite sure what this group would be. So it took me a while to finally like decide, all right, I'm going to start a group, which I did. It's been a little less than a year, about 10 months ago. Uh, I finally pulled the trigger and decided to start a group. Even at the time I started, I wasn't entirely sure what the purpose was going to be. I just knew I wanted to, that I, I love to be a leader. I love to surround myself with other women business owners. I really love community. And so, and I had learned a lot of what I liked and didn't like from other groups. So I decided I was going to create space that I really wanted. So that's what I did about 10 months ago. I created Own It, Crush It, and it's been growing ever since. 
I love it. So you kind of mentioned the qualities of a Facebook group leader. Do you think there are certain qualities we have to have to be a successful group leader? Um, I think passion is, is a must because it's, if you want to run a successful group and you know, I guess we can all success is a pretty vague term, but if you want to run a group that's engaged and that, um, isn't going to be quiet where it's just you talking into the void, if you really want to run that kind of group, that's an engaged group, it does require a lot of time. There's just no way around it. You can't automate yourself out of it. There are things you can automate and there are ways to make it easier. But if you really want to have that level of engagement, you have to be committed. And so to have, to invest our, a lot of time into anything, we usually need to have some passion behind it. Otherwise yeah. we will burn out and give up and stop. So I definitely think you need to be somebody who's passionate about whatever, whatever it is that you're wanting to create. I don't think you have to necessarily be an extrovert. It's social media online, which means you're not necessarily having to be out there. You can choose to do Facebook lives and really put yourself out there, but you don't have to. So I think that you don't necessarily have to be extroverted, but I do think you have to be pretty open to talking to other people and, and instigating conversations electronically. It's not like you're having to stand in front of someone and, and that you've never met and have a conversation, but you do have to be willing to like introduce yourself to people and ask them questions and engage in that way. Cause you can't expect your group members to engage if you don't. So I would say there has to be some level of being social, not necessarily extroverted, but at least being willing to put yourself out there a bit and be social and definitely have passion. Yeah. And what, when you, before you pulled the trigger on starting your group, what were those fears rattling around in your head? Uh, there's a million groups out there. Why would anyone want to join mine? Yes. What's the point? Is this going to like, does this pay for itself? Like, because I am putting a lot of time into it. So am I ever going to make money off of this? What's the point of doing it? If, is anyone going to care what I have to say? What am I going to say? Am I going to look like an idiot? Kind of all the same things that I think I think about with everything that yeah. I create. Yeah. So kind of walk us through that. Like, how do we create a group that has a purpose that people want to be involved in? How can we start to do that? Well, what I've discovered through this process is that what I care about most is what that group has become. And so I think in the beginning, I was spending a little too much time thinking about what will people like and less about what do I like? And when I finally kind of cleared that mental hurdle and was just really like, you know, instead of worrying about how does this fit into my business and what is this thing and what will people respond to and what will get people to join? I really just started doing what felt right and what I cared about, what I was passionate about. I made sure it fit my spirit and attitude. And the more I leaned into that, the more I leaned into myself and my passions, um, the more it grew and the more people resonated with it because it became clearer what it was. Even when I wasn't clear about what it was, it's funny to me, even today I have time where I'm like, I'm not sure if I really understand what this group is, but the people who are in it and who love it, they have a really clear picture of what it is. And it's because it's really me and what I'm passionate about. It's me putting myself out there. Um, and that translates to people. And sometimes it's hard to see that about ourselves. Hmm. So true. So what would one of your most engaged members say about your group? Like how would they describe the value they get there? I believe what they would say is that, and this is hard because I have a hard time, you know, talking about myself in this way, but yeah. I think they would say that it's a very real space. So it's um, a place where people can be vulnerable and open and honest because they see that I do that. I have done Facebook lives where I have like ugly cried to my people. Like I've been, I've talked about the good and bad of running a business. I've been honest about failures. So I think that they know it's a space where you can be vulnerable and where you will be treated with love and respect. 
Um, I'm very clear with people that it's a space that is meant to be positive and encouraging. And so it's not a lot of negativity or comparison. So I think they would say it's a very real, safe, loving space um, where you get to know other women business owners and also have some fun. Yeah. I love that. So my next question is, it's kind of twofold. So does everyone need to have a Facebook group for their business? And how do we decide if it's right for us? So I guess I'm kind of answering it. (laughs) Absolutely not. I don't think everyone needs to have one. I think, um, I think a lot of people think they need to have one, but like I said, it takes a lot of time. So if you're not, if it's not something you're willing to put a lot of time and energy into, you shouldn't do it. If you don't love Facebook groups, you definitely shouldn't have a Facebook group. Yeah. I love them. So I have one. There are other social media platforms that I am not that jazzed about. And so I don't really invest time and energy into them. And to, for me to then try to go in and say, well, I'm just going to like, oh, this thing's hot on Instagram. I better do it. It's not going to work if I'm not interested in it. So if you don't love Facebook groups, definitely you shouldn't have one. If you're not going to commit the time, if you can't make the time, you shouldn't have one. If you know you're somebody who just has not a lot of people skills, you probably shouldn't have a Facebook group either. Um, So I would say they are not for everyone. In those cases where it's not for you, it doesn't mean that you can't benefit from Facebook groups. You just don't necessarily have to have your own. I spent two years inside of Facebook groups before I ever started one. And that time was not wasted. I met tons of people. I got a lot of visibility. I, you know, got clients. I did all kinds of things using other people's groups. So you don't have to have your own group. There are lots of ways to engage in other Facebook groups that can be just as productive. Yeah. So from a, from the standpoint of being a Facebook group owner, how would you recommend to other people that they participate in your group or other groups that they don't own? Um, number one, be real. <laughs> don't, don't, in all things in life, I am really anti shoulds. So don't do what you think you should do. Do what feels right. Do what is natural and good to you. Stay in the space. So number one, go to groups that you feel are right for you, like where you enjoy being. If you're in a space and it doesn't serve you, like, and I don't mean like getting you business, but if it doesn't serve you where you feel good after being there, then leave. There are so many Facebook groups. Go find one where you feel at home. Mm-hmm. Um, engage, don't just sell. So I think the instinct people have is to go in and start selling right away. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. I've been guilty of it. So I know, and there's still people in my group who I know I only see them on Tuesdays when we have a promotion thread and I get it because, but I also know that it doesn't really work and that it's super short sighted Facebook groups. And like most social media marketing and like most marketing, is not a short game. It's a long game. If you're playing it for the quick wins, you're going to be really disappointed. You have to put in time and it's the same thing with Facebook groups. So you need to get to really know, find the groups you like and then spend your time in those. Instead of joining a hundred and spending two minutes in each one every week, join five and really spend time every day in them. Get to know the people that are in there. Answer questions, ask questions, share tips that aren't just you promoting yourself, but are actual like Here's something that's really going to help your business. You know, get in there and be an active participant. Don't start selling right away. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I would recommend. You know, it's that I have, I follow this no like trust factor, you know, with selling. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have people know who you are. So that means show up. They need to like you, which means you help them because that's how people get to like you. When you help them, we're all selfish. They need to trust you, which means they need to know that you're going to be there again and again, that you're not just coming in to try and get people onto your email list, that they can trust that you really are committed. Then you can ask. So it's no like trust, then ask. 
I love it. You know, it's so funny when you first go into some of these big groups that have, I think Bean Boss is pretty up there in numbers. Uh, Bean Boss Boss closed down actually because- That's right. Yeah, like six months ago because they got to be too enormous. I think they were at like 30,000 members. Yeah, Boss Moms is up there in the numbers. But when you join these groups, um, you feel like- like there's no differentiation. How's anybody going to know who I am? But when you do, I've noticed when I show up and participate, it starts to become clear who those common people are. Um, and that's where the connections start to be made. made. Um, so I would say to anybody wanting to jump into groups, definitely get in there and start participating. You'll see how it all narrows. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, i been intimidated by groups. I'm in boss moms. I'm in a couple of groups that are 10,000 plus members, but I've actually, a lot of the groups that I'm in now are more in the like a thousand or two members, which is where mine's at. Um, because I like that you can stand out a bit more, but even in those large groups, even in really giant groups, you can stand out because 1% of the members are probably really, really participating. And the more you show up again and again and again, people take notice. And by the way, the moderators of those groups take notice too. So if you're showing up a lot in Boss Moms, Dan and Malstaff is going to notice eventually because that's how it goes. We know the people who are really participating. We also notice the people who are not and we remember that. So it's a really important thing to be active. That's how you're going to get noticed by the other members and that's how you're going to start to really form those relationships that can help your business. For sure. Okay. So let's just say you've convinced the listener today to start a Facebook group. They've got a message. They've got passion. It's going to help their business. What's kind of that next step to begin creating engagement? So I think it starts from the very beginning. And some of the things that I think I did really smart were from before I even launched this thing, I created it. I grabbed the custom URL. I got up a nice um, cover photo. I even, I spent a little bit of money to get a logo done. You wouldn't have to do that. Um, And maybe your own logo would work. Mine's separate from my name. Um, And I wrote a description and I included rules and I had an introductory post so that when someone would get to this space, it would look legit. I wouldn't want to show up with a URL that's like a bunch of numbers, you know, like they give you, you know, I I wouldn't want to show up and have no cover photo. Like those are just little things that tell people this is like a real space. I also, before I started to promote it anywhere and tell anyone I was doing this thing, I reached out to my network of people that I had met through these other Facebook groups and asked those people that were my ideal audience, would you be willing to join this group? Can I invite you? And, and I did that by email. So people weren't like added to my group without wanting to be because that ticks people off. And I said to people, well, I sent them a link and said, would you join this group? And so I had a bunch of people because I had a pretty big network at that point from all that work I had been doing in other Facebook groups, which by the way, that's why this pays off and you don't necessarily have to have your own group, but spending time in other groups, getting to know people gives you a network so that you can pre-populate your group. Because here's the thing, nobody likes to join a group that no one's in. We are all like in the end, all of us people are really interested in where are all the cool kids and what's everybody doing? What's hot right now? And so we don't tend to join groups with 10 or 50 people. We like to join groups that have a couple hundred people or a couple thousand people because we feel like, okay, that's some social proof that this group is worthwhile. So pre-populating your group with people and particularly the right kinds of people, meaning the people that are your ideal audience, not your family and you know friends that are not in business. Pre-populate with those people so that when people show up, they say, oh, look, 
I already know some of these people or, oh, look, this looks like a legit group. That can make a big difference. And so make it look professional and pre-populate with some people. And I think that's the best place to get started to get some engagement going. Um, and then the other thing I would say is ask some of those people that you trust to participate from the beginning. So what you'll find when you start a group is it's you talking. Mm-hmm to no one, it feels like. Even if you have 100 people in your group, a lot of times it can be difficult to get people to understand like, hey, you can comment on these threads or you can post your own thing in this group or whatever. And so I would, I was like, oh, I don't want to just be talking into the wind. So I reached out to a lot of those people and said, hey, would you be willing to comment on my latest, my latest post? And then when I had people starting to comment, I noticed, okay, now people aren't posting on their own. They're just waiting for me to post and they're commenting. So then I asked people, hey, I reached out to people individually and said, would you post something? Would you go ask a question or would you go share something, whatever it was, today? And I would ask enough people so that I knew that every day I'd have at least a couple of posts showing up from other people. It takes some time, but that starts to make a difference because people start to see and understand, okay, I can contribute here. Yeah. So those people you were asking, are they people that really already have bought into Becky and who you are in your business? Yes. Yes. I'm not going to do that to random strangers because I would, if somebody did that to me and I didn't know him, I'd be like, uh, I have other things going on in my life and I don't yeah. know who you are. So that's the benefit of spending some time and creating a network before you launch a group. I don't know that the right time to launch a group is when you just started and you don't know a soul. You can try, but it's going to be slow going. If you want it to be something that doesn't feel so arduous and so like, depressing because it's just you. You want to spend some time getting to know people first, building up a network so that you have those people that you can lean on. That's where it's so great having a community. And that's why I love Facebook groups. It's a great place to create that community or find that community. So before starting a community, maybe you should have some community first. So meet those people. Yeah. So how can we track engagement? Um, for the, uh, there's stats within Facebook groups. Do you know any insights or things you can share with the audience about that? Um, I know that there's some third party programs that will help you with insights for groups. A lot of them charge, so I don't use them, although I may be shifting to that now with my paid membership group. But um, I do, I use the Facebook insights. It's under your admin tools. There's a thing called insights and you can look and learn quite a bit about when people are posting. So what are the times when your group is most active? What days and actually what times within those days? That can be really helpful. If you are using your group to promote your own stuff, you would want to make sure you're doing that when people are most active. You can also see who are, who, which members are contributing the most. And if you really dig deep, you'd be able to see who's contributing the least. Um, So there's a lot that you can find out which posts get the most engagement. So you can kind of get an idea of which posts are people responding to. But in the beginning, before your group gets too big or too crazy, you really don't need those insights to do that. You're going to be able to see that. You should be in there a lot in the beginning. You need to be living inside of your group in the beginning if you really want to get that engagement and get growth. So you really should have an idea from the beginning, like, okay, here's my people. These are the ones that keep, they're always there. They're always checking what I have to say. If I do a live, they're there watching. You want to know who those people are because those are your raving fans. Those are the cheerleaders. They're the ones that are going to support you and help you whenever you ask them to. Yeah. So in Facebook groups, a lot of them I'm in, there are prompts. Do you recommend that from the get go? I think so. I use prompts um, and still do. I think it's particularly in the beginning, like I said, people are really, um, a lot of times they're leery about, am I allowed to post? What can I do? Because every group has its own rules. And I mean, I've been in some groups, which I have left, where it was, I was told in no uncertain terms, 
the only person who can like create a post in here is the group moderator. Everyone else has to just re reply. I don't like that kind of environment, so I left. But everyone has the right to make their own group rules, whatever they want them to be. Hopefully, the rules are in the description, so you should read them in any group that you go into and you can learn what they are. But people are always a little nervous. So prompts are a very clear way where it's telling people, hey, I would love for you to reply to this thing. So it does get some engagement going from the beginning. I tried to create prompts that were different than I had seen in a lot of groups. I used some that I had seen in a lot of groups that I knew worked. Like, okay, what are the prompts I see that tend to get the most engagement? So I did those. And then I thought, what are prompts that I never see that I would love? And I tried to come up with some of those. Yeah. Um, I, think I would say that's like one thing I noticed from the beginning with your group was how unique and creative those prompts were. Well, thank you. Cause I really Super did fun. try and I'm still trying to continue to tweak and change them. I, you know, I do change them up. So there are certain days that they're always the same, but then there are other days where they rotate amongst other, you know, different prompts because I don't want to bore people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I would look into think through a plan for prompts in the beginning. I was doing two a day just cause I wanted to get more of that engagement. Once engagement started to grow and I didn't need the prompts, like people were doing enough outside of prompts, then I scaled it back to one a day. But I do think they can be really, they really be beneficial, particularly in the beginning. I love it. Well, how can we go a bit about promoting our group? Once we've kind of got that original base of people in there that love us, what's next? Um, well, I use, again, this is why it's helpful to be in other groups. So you want to use other groups on their promo threads when they allow it. Not all groups, even on a promo th thread, will let you promote another group. I personally don't see the point in that because I think if, if a group is good for you, then you should be in it. And I don't really believe in And there could be multiple so. parties, right? Right. <laughs> if we're looking I at a really Facebook group as a party. I don't really care if somebody wants to be in somebody else's Facebook group, more power to them. And I might be in it too, because I'm not just in one Facebook group. So it, to me, it seems crazy. Like why I'm asking other people to only like be in mine. But anyway, make sure the rules allow you. If they do, then promote it in other spaces. You should add your Facebook group to things like your email signature. Um, you should promote it on like your link tree for your Instagram. Think about where else you are socially and share it anywhere that you can. You can also ask your most active members to share with people, like reach out to them individually and just say, Hey, I would really love to grow this community so that we all have, you know, for all of us. So it's a bigger, stronger community. You know, this, you know, the spirit of this group, you know, the kind of people that are a good fit. If you have any of those people in your network that aren't already in the group, will you ask them to join? So lean in on your own people, asking them to help you too. Um, and I also did a lot of Facebook lives. If you're comfortable with that, where I would tell people about the rules and also do a lot of that encouraging of people to share. And that kind of stuff in the beginning also really helped. Very cool. Well, you know, another question I think about is should we be super niche specific or very broad? Um, like boss mom is broad business. Should we niche down into more specific things um, or a health coach? Should she be general health or should she be super focused on intermittent fasting or something like that? What's your take on that? Well, ultimately I mean, a Facebook group is not an altruistic effort. Like you are, it is meant to serve your business. So you need to think about who is your ideal client. So if your ideal client is super niche down, then you really should be creating a group that's going to attract those people because it doesn't do a lot of good to attract people who would never buy anything from you. They're, like if you only work with women, why are you inviting them into your group? They're never going to buy anything from you or vice versa or whatever your particular niche is. Now for me, I work with all women business owners 
customers basically, mostly um, that are newer in business or that maybe are shifting where they're at in their business. So mine is pretty open. It's basically to all women business owners. But in the description, I try to make it clear what kind of personality I'm looking for because that's really where I end up niching is more about the type of woman she is. Um, so I, you know, you really need to think about what's your business plan, who's your ideal client, and then try to create a group that's going to attract that kind of person. Yeah. Um, do you think naming your group has anything to do with the searchability and just growing a group? I don't know how much it has to do with searchability. It might. Um, but I do think that it entices people if it's something that's different or interesting. I know I have lots of people that respond because they like, like the idea of own it, crush it sounds interesting. What is that? It's, and then when they read the description, I do, I will say I get a lot of comments about my group description. So I think, think that through. Don't, I think some people just sort of use that as a throwaway space. They don't realize the importance of it. But when someone's looking through groups to join, they see the name, they see who else they know that's in it, how many members there are, and then they see that description. That description can go a long way on getting people to decide whether they're going to click to join. So really think through the description as well as the name. Yeah. All right. So now we've got this engaged group. How do we begin kind of funneling, leading people down the path to buying the things that we offer? I like to, and I, I guess I should say, I don't know if I have all the answers on this because I, while I do sell in my group, I don't want it to be just part of a sales funnel because I don't like other Facebook groups I'm in where I feel like the only time I see the moderator is when they're there to sell, sell something or that's all they're ever doing is just selling stuff. And I just, it feels like it's just one more step in their sales funnel. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just for me. Everybody has to come up with what feels right for them. But I know I'm most comfortable when I feel like, it's an engaged, true community and they care about me. And then once I get to know and love them, I'll probably buy whatever they have going on anyway. So I really try to treat it more like that. Like I'm showing up um, to be a community leader, to create a space for these women so that they feel heard and they feel loved and they feel um, like they have a safe space. And then once they get to know me, then hopefully they'll, they're going to be like, I like you and I'll buy what you have to offer. So I try to make sure that the amount of times I'm in the group or that I'm active are probably at least a hundred, if not 500 to one, not selling versus selling. And then I do some amount of selling within the group. The other thing that I can recommend is I, the biggest thing that I think the group has done for me is help me grow my email list, which can be really important for selling as well. So the reason it has done that is because Facebook allows you to ask questions of people coming into your group. And one of the questions I ask, which I make clear is optional, is would you like to be added to my email list? If so, what's your email address? The number of people that actually say yes kind of surprises me, honestly, mm -hmm. because it's not a requirement to join. It clearly says it's optional. I don't really even tell them what my email list is about, but a lot of people will sign up. And so that's really helped to grow my email list. So from them joining the group, they're getting onto my email list and then they're getting to know me even more. And then that's a space where I can sell to them. So I sell within the group. I do Facebook lives and I do different posts sometimes when I have something I'm promoting, but then they're also getting onto my email list and I'm selling to them that way. I love the questions that we're able to ask as group owners. One of, you know, I, I always include a question about like, what's your number one struggle in growing your business? And, uh, you know, like answering those questions is not really, there's only one question that I have to have answered to let you in the group, but the other two, the email list and the, the one question about business, they're optional. And, but you know, I would say 80% of the people are actually putting in the information. And, uh, in my business, I track it through a spreadsheet and we've got this huge spreadsheet of market research pretty much. 
which is great. So um, if you're a Facebook group owner or want to start a Facebook group, I would definitely encourage you to use those questions for sure. Yeah. Well, okay. So content, do you, um, do you really like plan out what you're going to talk about or is it super organic? I try to think I'll plan out what I'm going to talk about, but I don't. <laughs> so members of my group might know that most of my Facebook lives start with me saying, I just had an idea. So I thought I'd come in and talk about it once again, unscripted because that tends to be what I do. So no, I don't do a lot of planning out of what I'm going to present to the group. I should. <laughs> you know, but I think that organic, just kind of off the cuff, here's what I'm thinking about. I'm sharing it with my people. Kind of a thing is valuable for sure. I know that it certainly contributes to, I think that I, so the, the feeling of the group that I'm trying to encourage, which is real and authentic. Yeah. And so the fact that I am sort of a mess a lot of times and disorganized mess shows up in the group. But I think in some ways it actually benefits me because people are like, Oh yeah, okay. I get it. You are a disorganized mess. And I kind of like you for being honest about that. <laughs> you and me both. We've been trying to schedule this interview. How many times? <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. So kind of as we're wrapping this up, um, just give us like the bird's eye view about Facebook groups and that sort of thing. If you can. Um, <clears throat> I think they can be incredibly beneficial. I think for visibility, it can be huge. And as we know, trying to grow, if you're, especially when you are a service-based business, when you are selling yourself, you are your brand. Yeah. Visibility matters. You need to be out there. People need to know who you are. And Facebook groups can potentially be, if you do them right, if you invest the time, if you're the right kind of person for it, they can be huge for that visibility. So I think they can be really great in that way. And then also the additional benefit of having a somewhat captive audience to talk to, to spread your message, to show your knowledge, and to do some selling. Those are really great reasons to have a Facebook group. They take a lot of time. They take a lot of work. You're not going to go from zero to 2,000 people overnight. It's taken me 10 months. I know people who have had Facebook groups much longer that aren't at 2,000 members. Yeah. I know people who've had them for less time that are at 15. So you just never, 15,000, you just never know. Um, there's, there's some amount of skill and some amount of luck in almost everything we do. But it will take time. So you have to really think about whether it's the thing you want to devote yourself to right now. You know, if you're already spread thin, this might not be the right time. But the one thing I will say, if it's something you've been thinking about, you're like, oh, I really would love to do it, but I'm just not sure. Don't wait <laughs> because I waited at least a year, probably a little longer with the idea that I was going to start a group and I just wasn't sure and all of those negative thoughts and all of the limiting beliefs that held me back. And since starting it, I'm like, oh, I, the only thing I kick myself is for not doing it sooner because it's been amazing. It's been so great for my business, so great for me personally. And I kind of wish that I hadn't waited. I can't change it now. But if you're thinking about it and you really all the criteria and the only thing holding you back is some limiting belief, just pull the trigger and do it. That's awesome. Well, tell us about your new membership site. Yeah. So this is one way, I mean, there's people talk about monetizing things and with the Facebook group, it did reach a point where I'm spending a lot of time and I didn't want to get to a place of resenting the group because I love this group and I love the people in it. And it's been so amazing for me, but I was sort of getting to that place of like, okay, I'm spending all this time and I, you know, it's not making me money and what am I going to do? So I did a beta round with a membership at the first quarter of this year and it went so great. hundred people, um, really amazing engagement. It takes things to a deeper level. It allows for education. So there's like a library of masterclasses and other things that are going on. And um, so I'm just now launching the actual paid, like the full for real membership. And it's super exciting. So it's just basically 
the, pe- the way my people describe it is what Own It, Crush It used to be. Own It, Crush It's still amazing. They all still love it, but now it's getting bigger and it's getting a little harder to have that intimate kind of relationship with the other members. And so the VIP space allows you to have a separate space. It's a little quieter, more intimate, where you can really get to know the other members. It's limited to 150 people. So it's a much smaller space. And then you also get some bonus things like access to this incredible resource library of masterclasses from experts um, that's big and growing. And then um, there's co-working, virtual co-working and some other great benefits. But it's just a way for members who really want that deeper connection, that deeper level to get that. And for me to be able to feel like, okay, I'm not going to resent this group because I am making some amount of money off of it. Obviously not from everyone, but not everyone needs that level. But for the people who really want more of me, I can give it without feeling resentful. I love it. So cool. Well, as we kind of wrap into the, like the last four questions, these are just four questions we ask every mom on the show. So just fire out your answers. You ready? Yeah. All right. So what is one mom and business owner hack that you would recommend others to manage motherhood and business? To let go of um, your past ideas of what it meant to run a business once you have a kid. So everything changes. And I think too often we have this idea that being a mom and owning a business, like we're supposed to be able to do it all. So I guess it's just let go of this idea of being able to do it all. It's okay that you can't. It's freaking hard. Being a mom is like having a couple of full-time jobs and then having a full-time or even a part-time job on top of that is crazy talk. You know, like we don't ask a lot of other people to do this is a unique thing for us moms that other people don't know. And I didn't know I was not a mom for 40 years and um, I didn't fully appreciate just how hard it is. And now I do. And the thing that has helped save my sanity is just real, like letting go of this idea that I can do it all and that I'm going to do anything perfectly. And right now it's a season of life and it's going to get better. Yeah. That's a great perspective. So I guess if you could, this is the other question and maybe you just answered it, but if you could do it all over again, what would you tell yourself or start with? Um, start your Facebook group sooner. (laughs) Oh, so not about being a mom, you know, either one. Yeah. That it's okay. Well, no, I think, I think actually it would be more about like, it's okay to change. I think for me, I, I grew up a real people pleaser and a, um, type A personality. And like, I graduated from college early and like got married early. I did all the things I thought I was supposed to do. And I just was always doing everything to be like, the good girl. And that meant sometimes that I stayed in things for way longer than I should have because I felt like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And so it's okay to change. And it's, you shouldn't do things because you should do them. Like I hate should now because I spent a lot of my life doing things I thought I should do. And now I'm much more like, does this feel right? And if it does, I do it. And if it doesn't, then it's okay to change. It doesn't mean you're a failure. If you decide to pivot or do something differently or leave something because it's not working. It's not a failure. It's just not right. And that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, what is one favorite app system or software that you'd recommend? This is probably really boring, but Google drive, like I love drive (laughs) so much. And the thing that baffles me the most about Drive is I'm a pretty heavy user of Drive. Like I store all my videos there. I store everything there because I can access it from my phone, from the library. If my computer died tomorrow, like anywhere I can access it, but I have the internet. Um, And I have yet to reach the maximum storage space. I should knock on wood because I'm sure it's coming. Really? The one they give you? Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. The amount of free storage they give you is insane. I don't know how Google makes money. I really don't. I I mean, I obviously they do because they're gazillionaires, but they give you a crazy amount of free storage. So like it's my cloud storage for almost everything. I know I will have to eventually pay, but so far I haven't had to. That's awesome. I'm in the process right now of moving from Dropbox to Drive completely. Drive's got all of the business, like the working files, um, but like all of our photos and videos and long-term things is still over in Dropbox. Yeah, so. I was really reluctant to make that switch year, a couple of years ago. I don't know why, but I just was. And now I'm like the biggest Drive fan in the world. Well, especially with Google Photo. It's so cool, like how it recognizes faces and all that stuff, which is kind of slightly scary, but it's okay. Well, it's the world we Whatever. live in. <laughs> it's the way it is. Okay, last question. So what is the best book you've read? And then what are you looking forward to reading soon? Oh gosh, I have two. Can I tell, say two books yeah. I've read? That I love? Oh, yeah. Okay, because I can't decide because they're they're amazing for two different reasons. So one is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, and it's really good. Um, I've been doing a lot of money mindset work, and I actually have a money mindset course. And there's a lot of stuff out there about like how to change your money mindset and all of this, but there's not a lot about like the why we are the way we are. And sometimes I think you have to chip away at some of that why to, to break through. And this really goes into some of that. And some of what I learned about myself from reading that was really great. And still sh- like, it's just, I really recommend it. If you're doing not just money mindset though, cause it's really all mindset work. So if you have limiting beliefs in any way in life, read the book cause it will really help you start to see the why behind them, which can then help you start to move past them. And then the other one is braving the wilderness by Brene Brown, which is just a beautiful, amazing book. If you ever feel like um, you don't have a home, there's no community that fits you. If it, I think this book particularly fits really well with the idea of the Facebook groups because it's all about community and about learning how to get comfortable in yourself as your community first. And then when you do that, what, how community looks and shows up in your life totally changes. And it's been so true for me. And it's just such a beautiful book. And now what am I looking forward to reading? I have like 8 million books in my queue. Um, I know. I'm trying to think of one that, I mean, I I don't know. So how do you track it? Where's your queue? Like, do you keep this on Amazon or is it a list? Audible now because here's what I, this should have probably been my mom business hack for me. (laughs) I have to, I I used to um, only read books, right? And I was a bit of a snob about the idea that reading books means reading books, not listening to books. But what I found after having my son is, okay, well, guess what that means? I don't read books because I don't have time and he won't let me open a book. He's in my face. So I finally had to give up on that. And this year I finally was like, all right, I'm just going to bite the bullet and start listening to books. And since I've done that, I've gone from um, like reading basically zero. I think I read half a book last year. (laughs) I've already read about a dozen books listen to. See, I still can't say right, but I've listened to about a dozen books this year already. So it makes a huge difference. Um, I mean, it's just your definition. I think John Acuff said, he's like, you can read a hundred books in a year, just change your definition of what it means to read a hundred books. Yeah. You know, I love that. Um, And so what do I want to read? Okay. I'm looking at my cue and audible. And in addition to the rest of Brene Brown's books, because I've never read any of her other books, which is shocking. I started with Braving the Wilderness, but now that I've done it, I'm like, give me all things Brene. Um, I also would like to read Mel Robbins books because I've never read hers. And so she has, she's the five second rule, which I think a lot which of Which is so good on Audible. Yeah. See, and so I'm so interested in that. But I'm actually probably more interested in her other book, which was earlier, um, which is Stop Saying You're Fine, because that's something I'm really into right now. I, I find I say I'm sorry and I'm okay when I don't really mean either. And so I need to, I want to read those and get a little stronger in, in not showing up that way. 
I love it. Those are some good choices. You know, right before we moved, I'm the kind of person that reads like eight different books at a time. And when I say read, I mean, listen slash actually read. Um, and before we moved, I had to pack all my books in a box. So I've not had, I started the big leap and I started brave the wilderness. So those are both in a box ready to come out this week. Once we get our furniture finally. Oh, good. Well, you're going to, I think you'll love them both. I love them both. I'm looking forward to it. Well, share with us a little bit where we can connect with you, how we can get access to your amazing Facebook group and just any parting words. Sure. So, well, beckymollencamp.com is where you can find me and learn about some of my courses and other stuff that I have going on. And then own it, crush it is the Facebook group. So it's just facebook.com slash groups slash own it, crush it. Um, and that's the free main group where there's about 2000, a little over 2000 members now. Um, and then if you're interested in learning about VIP, you can find out all about that in the main group. Awesome. Well, I have loved hearing your perspective on how to create an engaged audience on Facebook through the groups and y'all who are listening, make sure you check Becky out. She's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you loved this show, help me spread the word to all your other mama friends by taking a screenshot of the show today and posting it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag me at Katie Fleming and let me know what you love. I'd love to feature you on my stories as well when you do that. So if you have not joined our community, go to 1kmomtribe.com. This is a free Facebook community of women who are getting it done in their business and in their family. See you inside.